Good morning, good people. You're listening to the Pool Proof Wisdom Podcast. Well, you know, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode than you're used to for me when I do these by myself and not the conversations episodes I introduced a few months ago. I'm going to talk about a few things today because I feel a little bit like, you know, stream of consciousness is the way to go. And maybe that's going to be the way to go when I do these going forward. You never know. But I can tell you that there's been a lot of things happening in my world and in the world since I've done one of these last time. And I just feel like, you know, talking about them and having a conversation with myself just to kind of clear the air and share with you some perspectives that I think may be beneficial for you. Because after all, that's what this podcast is really about. And nothing has been more challenging and changing in terms of my own individual world recently than what I consider my good news. Listen, folks, I have bought a property in Los Angeles. Well, almost. We're in the escrow process. Closing is scheduled sometime later next month, but all is going very, very well. I will tell you that that may not be a big deal to a lot of people, but it is to me, and there are a variety of factors and reasons why. First among these is it is never lost on me when I am able to make major purchases that everyone dreams of, of how special that is coming from where I have come from. Now, it doesn't matter how old I am today. In my spirit, I still have a great connection to this 10-year-old kid who at the time in his life was homeless and knew hunger, knew ridicule, who knew difficulty and had no sense that things would get any better than that. And yet somehow they did and they are. And every time that happens, I'm very, very thankful for the fact that I've been able to travel this journey so far. Now I have lived in Los Angeles, California before. I lived here in 2008 for a brief period of time before moving on to Washington, DC. It was a huge deal Because again, I remember what it's like not to be able to get things you want, imagine getting things you want, and certainly not purchasing things you want when it comes to housing. It's a huge deal. And every time I think about it, I imagine my mom and my dad and my brother and my sister and my fur babies and friends and others who I've known who have gone on to what comes next after this experience, being very, very proud of this guy who has been able to move forward and do these things because in doing it myself, I'm doing it for them because here's my belief. They may not be here physically, but all the people I've known and loved in my life, they are with me everywhere I go. So when I buy something, it's their home too. And they're welcome to visit. I don't know how or when or if they're around because I can't see them, but I feel it. And that makes a huge difference. And I am so terrifically excited about it. And here's the other good thing that was interesting. You know, the housing market in California is ferocious. First of all, it's prohibitively expensive. Right. I remember what I paid for my home in St. Louis, which was roughly 3000 square feet and, you know, lots of land to sit on. Beautiful place. And I made it even better. And I know what it would cost to get an equivalent uh, property here, which I never even thought of. The fact is, banks are, you know, 
funny that way because they will tell you, oh, good news, Mr. Poole, you can afford this much home and et cetera and et cetera, and you'll spend this and you'll spend that. And I always look at these people and I kind of raise my eyebrow and I will ask them, do I look like I eat paper and shit money? Because I don't want what you say I can afford. I want to spend this X. That's what I want to spend. No more, possibly less. And that sometimes doesn't make them happy. But this is about my finances, not theirs. So, of course, I do what is in my best interest. Interestingly, because the market was what it was, which is still a seller's market, earlier on during 2020, when I moved here, because my timing was just perfect, I moved here February 28th of last year, started my new job March 9th, and then eight days later, California went on quarantine, and that's where we've been ever since. Very, very interesting time to be alive. And because of that, the real estate market was just crazy, but it wasn't just in California, it was everywhere. And the reasons were obvious. Nobody was selling their homes because they didn't know what was coming next. They didn't wanna be in a bad situation. They didn't want to take losses. And there are a number of other reasons as well. But also what's important is that because they weren't putting the properties out there, inventory was ridiculously low. And for the few properties that there were, the people who were competing for them were willing to pay crazy prices. The competition was off the board and people paid the money no matter what. And I saw this because I do observe real estate. It's somewhat of a... uh, avocation of mine and I enjoy it. I probably should have been a real estate agent, I think often, but I would watch because of that interest, but also because I knew when I moved here that I wanted to eventually buy. I just didn't think it was going to take, you know, 16 months to do it. So I moved into an apartment and let me be very clear. I live in a very, very, very nice apartment building. It's a pretty good size apartment too. It's pricey too. But the fact is, and you have got to get to the point where you have the experience so you can be sure, I've discerned that I'm a buyer. I'm not a renter, particularly when you have people over you who probably, you know, soaking wet, you know, weigh a buck 45 and yet above you sound as if they are the size of the Hulk pushing a Hulk sized ab roller. I hear that throughout the day at various times sometimes louder than others. And then they walk across the floor as if they weigh 7 billion pounds. It's a problem. And I, you know, learn to deal with it because you have to. But the fact is, that's not going to happen in my new place because I didn't buy a house. I bought a condo and I bought a condo that's on the top floor of the building that I'm in to avoid any possibility that someone's going to be walking above me and that sound's going to transfer to my home. Now, you'll probably wonder, hey, what does that mean about the people who live beside you? In this apartment building, I've not had a problem with sound beyond me in terms of the apartments next door to me, so I'm going to hope that that translates to where I'm moving. So that's my good news, and I'm really glad to be able to say it and be able to plan for it and be able to live into it, because again, 10-year-old Charles remembers what it's like not to have a place to call home, and every time I am able to find myself a new home and move into it and pay for it, it's a blessing, and that is never lost on me. 
And I think that we always have to remember what we have lived with and lived through as we are living into the life that we currently have, because it gives us an appreciation for what really matters. So in a month or so, closing will happen. Then I'm going to give it another month before I move in because I don't want to break my lease and give up, you know, free money. I don't mind spending on things that have value, but I do not like giving money away just for the record. And so therefore, it's going to be a little while before I'm in there. But when I am, one of the first things I'm going to do is stop and center myself and say a prayer of thanks for the fact that once more, the good Lord has brought me to a place where I am able to call home and it will be mine. So I really think that's important for all of us to do no matter what. Gratitude is an act of engagement on any front where you are thankful for what is happening in your life. It's something you need to give time to every day, however many times you can, because gratitude is a powerful thing. And when you are grateful, everybody knows it, particularly you. So next thing I was thinking about is sometimes you come across information and you know that it's divine because you think this is exactly something I needed to hear on this day at this time. And when that makes the difference for you, that's when you know you're supposed to be paying attention. Now, a friend of mine on Instagram posted something I just saw yesterday, and it stood out in a way that was surprising because obviously I see his posts from time to time, but for some reason, this one seemed to be almost pulsing off the page. And I was looking at it and I thought, oh my gosh, that is perfect. And the reason it was perfect, because at the very moment I saw it, I was having this time thinking about all of these people I was seeing who were so busy talking about other people I was thinking about the increasing and distressing rise in reality television, which is so much about everybody sitting back and watching and judging other people's lives. It was just a little bit distracting and distressing to me. And I was thinking about it. And then this particular post from Hassan, who is my friend, and I will definitely be tagging him in this episode so that he will be able to know that he was the inspiration for my referencing this was so simple and yet so powerful, I just had to share it with you for context in your day, because I'm sure many of you in your own lives are dealing with the challenges created by everybody being up in your business, right? Everybody figuring out what you should do, telling you how you should live, what is good, what is bad, what is up, what is down, right? We all have that happen from time to time. And it's not just in our personal lives, it's at work, it's in general relationships that we may find ourselves in hell. I mean, you can be walking down the street, I have found, and people feel it necessary to remark on something that is not their business. So again, when I came across this, it stopped me in my tracks. I sat there, I looked at it, I read it aloud several times, and I let it flow over me to help me understand why I needed to let that go, that kind of thinking. And I have not thought about it since, except to share this with you. And here's the quote. Hassan said, God spent a lot of time creating your lane. You should stay in it. I mean, come on, could that be any better? I mean, really? 
Let me say it again. It's really good. God spent a lot of time creating your lane. You should stay in it. Now think about that in terms of your own life. If you're one of those people who's always somehow veering into someone else's lane, or if you're someone whose lane others are constantly veering into. And then imagine all of the ways that life could be so much better if most of us paid as much attention to our own damned business as we do everybody else's. I actually get to the point sometimes where I think when I hear someone ask this question, oh, what do you think? It makes me grab my head and want to scream because I think, oh my gosh, they're going to tell you. And I know that seems odd, but the reason I have that reaction is when they tell you, those opinions may often not be informed by anything that gives them the opportunity nor right to have an opinion, yet they're going to have one anyway. And we see it so much, so many times. And it's become normalized to the extent that none of us pay attention to it when it happens, but we really should. The fact is, people who have opinions about things they don't know about or understand or even comprehend, we should be ignoring those people. But we don't. We pay attention to them. We ask them what they think. And then we listen to their opinions. And unfortunately, a lot of people act on those opinions. And that never really turns out well for anybody. But that's the world we live in. And it's really a question as to what we're placing our values upon. Do you know what you're valuing and how you are determining who can help you determine that value? Because that's part of being an adult. We've got to be accountable for what we value and why and be willing to stand up for it no matter what. That doesn't always appeal to everybody. Everybody won't always get it, but that's okay. That's not your job to make them comfortable. Your job is to live into your life and to stay in the lane God has uniquely created for you. Because guess what? No one will ever do a better job of knowing what path, what lane you should be in than the good father, right? All you've got to do is figure out how to take from that journey in that lane, what is necessary for you to do the work that you are uniquely and graciously put here to do. So think about that the next time you are so busy thinking about other people's lives. What's lane, what lane rather, should you be in? Shouldn't you stay in your own? Shouldn't you be making sure that your own house is in order? Your own life is working out in a way that is pleasing not only to the good Lord, but to yourself that is moving forward versus remaining stagnated and also That is not all about looking in the rearview mirror in that lane while you're in that vehicle and focusing in on what happened back then. What happened back then is important to you only in the context of referring to it and the lessons you learned because of it, not holding on to it to determine who you are right now today. Let me tell you something, folks. The fact is, None of us are who we used to be. None of us are going to be who we are today in 10 years. 
And if we're lucky enough to get more, we will continue to evolve because the fact of the matter is we are evolutionary creatures. And that's where the revolution really exists in being able to have the ability to look back at who we were, who we've been and who we can yet be to know that we are serving a purpose because to quote the great Tony Bennett, if you live long enough, life will teach you how to live it. Let's try to never forget that. And I really want you to take that to heart today because it makes a huge difference. And speaking of people in all kinds of lanes, I really hate to put anything into negative terms. I really do. I work hard to avoid negative language, you know, to say harsh things to people. I do believe in telling the truth, but I think that the truth can be delivered with graciousness, kindness, and with intention not to hurt and maim and, you know, make people feel badly about themselves, but to give them enough information to think about so that they can make better decisions for themselves. That's what the, I think the, the advocacy of the truth is all about. But there are times people, you know, because, you know, sometimes folks tell me, oh, you're so nice and you're so wise. And I'm like, I am a human being. I have my days, I have my moments, I have my years for that matter, where there's a lot that's on my mind that challenges me. And I go deep into prayer and meditation and recentering my life on a regular basis to avoid being stuck there. But does that mean that I don't have moments when I'm going through it just like everybody else? Absolutely not. So when I say this question, you'll understand my frustration because it's something I keep seeing repeatedly that really irritates me. And it's this, are people really getting stupider by the day? <laughs> I mean, come on. Here in California, I was reading when I woke up this morning about how the number of coronavirus cases are exponentially increasing we went from having everything gloriously reopened back up on June 15th to a little over a month later, being back at the point where everyone is being told whether you have a vaccination or not, put your mask back on when you're inside because these cases are increasing. People seem to be incorrigible. You give them a little bit of room and they just mess it up for everybody else. And that's what's happening right now, because when you see these infections starting to increase, it's because people who are choosing not to be vaccinated are often intermixed with people who are. And contrary to popular belief, growing out of people wanting to believe it versus being anything scientifically accurate, you can still get the virus if you're vaccinated. It just will likely not kill you, but you will still get sick possibly different degrees for different people, of course. And if you're not vaccinated, well, of course you can get it and it can still be deadly. And that's the problem. So everybody wants to go out and they don't want to wear the mask because, oh my gosh, wearing a mask is the absolute worst thing in the universe. Get the hell out of here with that, right? That is an affront to people who would love if the only thing their illness required of them was to wear a mask. I know people who are suffering from all kinds of diseases. I've lost people who have, you know, you know, died from different diseases and ailments. And they would love to be here and ask only to wear a mask to protect themselves and other people. But all these so-called patriots who are self-professing their individual rights are so ignorant 
so stupid that they don't realize that they are the problem. And let me be very clear on that. Not part of the problem. They are the damned problem. And when we started seeing things open up and people who were clamoring for the opportunity to be among people again, to live their lives as they were, quote, normal, unquote, again, they all rushed for it and started doing everything as if the virus itself never existed, telling themselves a huge lie. And I said then, being cynical, just watch. It's going to be no time at all before we're right back in the thick of what we've just come out of. And if indications are accurate based on what I'm seeing, not only in California, Missouri, New York, other places, it's happening. People, you see, are the real virus here. The virus is only looking for hosts, but we are the ones providing it willingly by running around advocating for political points of view and social ideas about what is right and what is wrong, as opposed to simply accepting this is necessary until we eradicate this virus by doing what's necessary to protect ourselves against it. And that's not just ourselves, because you see, when you choose to get a vaccination, vaccination, I should say, you are not only helping yourself, but you're helping others, whether you know them or not. Some people are only focused upon things happening when it happens to them and theirs. But you are by default helping others when you're in their presence by getting a shot to make sure that you aren't going to get sick and therefore won't possibly sicken them. It's a good thing for everybody. But as usual, most things, as my mama used to say, are really, really simple. And it's the damned people who always mess it up. Come on, we've got to do better. Because if we get any stupider, I don't know what to imagine. Pretty soon we're all going to end up crawling out of the primordial soup again if we convert ourselves back to the kind of amoeba-like organisms that we used to be, obviously not thinking with any level of comprehension or sentience that's going to make us realize that we are, in this case, our own worst enemy. If we want better, if you want to get back to a normal of any kind, whether that's new or the old model, you've got to do the work. You've got to make the sacrifice and you've got to stop pretending that things aren't going to be any better because you do it. They will be worse instead because you aren't. And that too is something to keep in mind. So enough about all that. I don't like talking about all that negativity. <clears throat> instead, let's move to some good news. In the midst of talking about things like the virus and people's ridiculous behavior in relation to it, there are moments when I like to look for the good news. Whenever things get to be overwhelming for me, I start looking for good news anywhere I can find it. And I always do. This past week, and this may have happened you know, very recently, but I came across it at just the time I needed to. I came across this story about a kid who had an Afro that measured 19 inches. And this kid lives in Huntsville, Alabama. I've never been to Huntsville, Alabama. Don't really ever want to go there, but that doesn't matter. This kid lives there and he is preparing to join the Air Force Academy. And of course, 
with that huge of an afro, you knew he wasn't going to be going into the Air Force like that. But taking an opportunity to turn that effort into something that was bigger than he could have imagined. I think the good Lord put it up on this young man's mind. He's 17 years old. His name is Kieran Moisey. He decided that what he was going to do was to take the fact that he had to cut his hair and turn it into something good for others. So what was his solution? He took that beautiful head of hair, which was bigger than possibly even the Jackson 5s back in the heyday of the Jackson 5, of course. And he decided to cut it by putting the effort out there in the Huntsville community and encouraging them to support his effort to cut his hair by helping him raise money to help children who have cancer. Now, I've got to tell you, there are times when I look at younger generations, because I'm of that age now, where I just don't get it. I don't understand them. I don't understand how they think or why they do what they do. It's no different for me than it was with my parents' generation when my generation was at the point where it was doing all of the things that they didn't understand. It's cyclical and it happens, but I do try. Some things I get because I'll ask them, help me understand why you're doing what you're doing. And many of them give wonderful examples of it and help me put into context why they have this sense of freedom, this sense of need, this sense of interest. And when that happens, I'm like, that's good. Thank you so much. Now I get it. And it's not me just judging. It's me understanding. There are some things I will never understand. <laughs> there is some music I will never like. There are some things that I think will go too far. And that's okay. Because that's part of the process. But what I can tell you is that there are so many instances when I see young people taking up the mantle of responsibility and accountability in ways that I've never seen before. It gives me hope for this world, people, because without these young people and their willingness to put themselves out there as they are, who they are, I can't imagine the world going on and evolving in the way the world needs to so that this species, this human species, can survive. So young Kieran Moisey not only put it out there, and I don't know that he knew what was going to happen. I think that was an idea. And he simply had a goal of setting uh, a plan forth where he was asking to raise $1,000 per inch of his hair. That would have been $19,000. And he was planning to give the money to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. And he planned to donate the hair once it was cut to Children with Hair Loss, which is a Michigan nonprofit that provides free human hair wigs to children and young adults with medically related hair loss. Come on. This kid is awesome. I had tried to see if I could find him because I would love to speak to him on a Poolproof Wisdom Conversations episode because I would love to hear how his heart brought him to this point. But here's the good news and where I'm going to leave this podcast today. Young Kieran raised $38,000 for the two projects that he wanted to support. The Children's Hospital, the Research Hospital, and then of course, the hair was cut and it's going to be made into wigs to help people and young people 
with medically related hair loss. This young man has done this of his own accord. I don't know how he came up with the idea, but I do know this much. There are certain instances where many of us think that we are incapable of making a difference in the world, where we don't think that the issues we see going on around us are anything more than something we see on the news. But what this young man has done is to find a way to show all of us that everyone has the ability to do something from where they are with what they have. And in doing so, he has become the best example of what it means to be living abundantly because he took something so simple, so not surprising and turned it into something absolutely that was a surprise. And the secondary piece of this is the number of people who got behind him to support him, helping him raise even more than he initially intended. So despite the crazy people not wearing masks and running around politicizing everything, despite the people who are all up in your business trying to talk to you about what you should be doing when their own house is not in order, don't you dare with evidence like young Kieran ever get to the point where you give up on the world. It's a threat sometimes. It's a threat for me because sometimes you just get exhausted with it all. But what I'm here to tell you for sure is that there are good people in the world. There are people who care, who love other humans no matter what. And those are the things that we need to latch on to instead of all of the negativity that we see swirling about in the world. Those people, I don't have time for. I would suggest you don't have time for them either. But look for the light. Look for the people who have the light within them and put it back in the world. Because if you want to live happily and happily ever after, you have to change your mindset. And that begins with having hope, having faith, and having trust that it will always, ultimately, all be okay.